Taylor Price, my guy. All right, what is up? Oh my God. What is up, all you hooligans? My name is Taylor Price of the Taylor Price Podcast. Pretty self-explanatory. I could have came up with a more creative name, but, you know, I wanted to thank you guys all for tuning in to my last video, which was an MLB The Show video. Um, it it got more <laughs> more views than I ever expected, but I did want to, you know, shout out everybody who helped me along the way uh, with creativity and stuff like that. I want to say thank you to Kev Brado for hopping on the podcast a couple times as well. Uh, but thank you all to who watched the video and hit like and uh, all of you guys who left a comment as well. I, I really do appreciate that stuff. I'm on the road to 1K subscribers. I promised in that video that if I hit that, that I would provide more content and I want to stick to that. This is me trying to get over that that threshold that I that I keep finding myself in. Like I'll produce three things and then I have a hard time getting over that hump. So this is me really pushing forward and trying to just produce more for you guys because I have a lot to say and it's it's hard for me to really think that everything that I'm doing is uh is great content. You know, I, I really care about what you guys um are going to be listening to if 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 it's something that I'm producing. I really do uh, I care about that stuff. It it makes it makes me feel good, you know, put it, producing content again. It it's been a, another creative outlet that I think I needed. I think with all the downtime that I have at my nine to five, it, it kind of allows me to think about ideas that I would uh, I would like to do, you know, in the future and with uh, with my own channel. So um, the last video that I posted with MLB the show was was fantastic. I mean, it, it's really cool to see analytics. I think that's something I've always been curious about with youtube i mean that that youtube machine is very hard to figure out you gotta it, the nuts and bolts are always changing it feels like youtube is changing their algorithms and uh you know you just really gotta poke and prod and see what works and so far mlb the show even though it's the end of the season has been my best content um so far i mean anything centered around it has been uh has been more popular than the next so i really do see uh, a lot more activity with that game coming up on my channel like not just producing more videos of that kind that I just produced but you know more more other you know other things that I have in mind are you know keeping Kev Brado in the mix I mean I gotta thank that guy so much that dude has been uh, one of the best you know supporters of my channel so far and a good friend you know he's been cool to bounce ideas off of um, you know, thumbnail ideas, title ideas. He's been, he's been there. So I appreciate, I appreciate that so much. It's, it's fun. You know, I like hearing feedback and, uh, seeing how I can improve. I think with the YouTube space, if you watch enough YouTube videos, you can kind of get the gist of what you think might work, but not every video you post is going to, you know, hit that algorithm right away. And, uh, especially if you're a small YouTuber, you have to really, um, find what works. So that's something that Kev really did say in a previous podcast. I can, I can hear it echoing in my brain. Uh, but with that, you got to know that when you post a video, you kind of have to like let it go. It felt like in my head, I was, ch I was trying not to check on the analytics every, you know, so often, you know, every hour or so I have a hard time even getting off of Twitter for that reason. Like I'll close the app and I'll reopen it. So it's, Really neat. It's really neat to kind of dive deep into those analytics and see where you can grow. Um, I that's the coach in me. Um, I've 
been thinking about how to grow and get better at things my entire life, you know, not just with the sports I've played, um, but with, you know, video games and in, in jobs and stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm 29 years old. You know, I've, I've had a lot of chances to, to fail and learn and fall flat on my face. I mean, I do that pretty dramatically. Usually I usually fall, hurt myself pretty good. I mean, I just did out there. I literally have a rug burn on my hand because our youngest cat decided that he wanted to run out into the hallway and uh he's fast and when you haven't sprinted in a long time and you have a young cat that just wants to explore uh your apartment complex uh you, and you're in crocs too i was in crocs i i was not prepared he caught me off guard he caught me lacking my cat was ready to just bolt and um lucky for me you know there wasn't like stairs that were open that he could go down um, he, he, I, I damn near had a heart attack. I've never, I haven't sprinted like that in a, in a long time. So uh, I got my workout for the day today for that. And this is all before, you know, 9am too, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to wake up to having to do a full on sprint in Crocs after my cat. That was, that was interesting. I mean, cats are amazing. I think, you know, dogs, cats, I love animals period, but cats, you know, they have some chaotic energy that brings some flavor to your life. I think they, um, they definitely think that they own you. That is a majority of cats. I've noticed this. I've noticed this since owning a cat when I was a kid, like, you know, it takes them a while to really warm up to you. And then when they do, they think they own you. I mean, you know, I mean, as much as that cat will lay on me all freaking day, I mean, he, He's ready to bolt and see the world. He's he's so curious. He um he doesn't have a a way to turn that off. I wish I I mean, he's also, you know, he's young, so you can't can't knock the cat. We have we've only had him for a few months, but uh he's already big. He's already, you know, just the same size as the other cat basically. So that that is the craziest thing about pets is how fast they grow too. Dogs especially. Coworker of mine has a new Siberian husky. Same thing. That those things are the most amazing dog and they grow fast and their their expectations are very <laughs> I, i've only heard that siberian huskies are very difficult to take care of like they take a lot of work so you have to be prepared for that and if somebody has a nine to five how are you going to take care of a dog like you know if you work at like a like a retail store or something like that you know i would see people bring in their service dogs to to the retail store. I mean, I worked at the, I mean, hence why I wear most Under Armour gears. I worked at the busiest Under Armour in the company. And that meant that we saw more people per day than any other store in in the United States or, you know, internationally. I don't know how many stores they have internationally. I should know that, but I don't work at the company anymore. I do have a buttload of their clothes, so... Uh, that somebody's 13 year old when I go donate all this stuff is going to be fully suited up in Under Armour gear. Um, but that store was, was always the busiest and COVID working at a retail store during COVID was one of the most interesting experiences that I've ever had. Meaning that when you shut down everybody's normal way of doing things, they get angry and they try to find ways to work around it. Um, the most notorious the mo- the most notorious 
COVID Karen was actually a dude. And I called him COVID Kevin. COVID Kevin decided that when you walked into Under Armour, he, he was choosing violence that day because he, he didn't care about the rules. First, he walked in without a mask on. We tried to give him one. He just held it in his hand. And this is when everybody was wearing masks and you were required to wear them to be in the store or we would ask you to leave. So I, I don't know how many of us reminded him to put on his mask, but it probably was four or five before he finally relented and decided to put it on. He and his wife are roaming around the golf section. That's my section. That's a section I love. I, I can sell anything in that section. And I tried to get that guy, you know, get a smile through the mask. I can tell when people smile. Um, but even then, cracking jokes, stuff like that, that dude was still very grumpy. Chose violence. And all through COVID, we shut down our fitting rooms. The reason being is we're not trying to have to sanitize every cleaning room, which we had four of, or every fitting room. We didn't want to clean every fitting room after every single customer left because we would have to do that. Any tight space that a customer goes in and tries on clothes, we'd have to sanitize it. So we already have one person in the fitting rooms designated usually to kind of fold clothes and kind of facilitate opening and closing, making sure, you know, two people aren't going into the same fitting room, all that stuff. We would have to station another person there just so that we could, you know, sanitize. We're not stationing, we're not stationing two people to just deal with just fitting rooms. It's just too much manpower. It's tight space. You just don't want that many people around there during COVID as well. So we locked them and we put a lot of storage in them. Actually, we put a lot of boxes. Um, we would take in returns and put them in boxes and then quarantine them for a couple of days and then take them out. Um, if they weren't ruined, you know, put them back on the floor. So COVID Kevin decides, even though there's a giant like four foot sign that says the fitting rooms are closed, that he is above that and he gets to go right into the fitting rooms. Except for when he goes in there, all of them are locked. He's probably like, well, this sucks. I can't try on these golf shorts that I wanted to try on. Now, right when you walk towards the fitting rooms, you start to start to realize that this is also like the back area for Under Armour, like where the employees go, because there is an employee door kind of right around the corner. So me coming back from lunch, you know, I'm all happy. I get to... I'm I'm all stuffed for my my lunch. I I can't remember what the heck I ate. I probably ate something McDonald's or something. Probably gross as hell. But then I'm about to walk in the employee door, and I look to my left, and there's COVID Kevin. I didn't see this guy enter the store. Obviously, I was out on break. I'm hearing all this other stuff about how he got asked to put on a mask and how he was grumpy and all that stuff from other people. You know, well after this you know incident, but. When I'm walking back to the employee door, COVID Kevin has his pants around his ankles and he's taking them off and he's about to put on the Under Armour shorts that he wants to try on. But he's not wearing any underwear. So I can see, all I see is old, old man balls and dick. Like, all I see is this man's lower, you know, arts, basically. I mean, not basically, I, I explicitly, I mean, I could, that image is burned in my mind. One of the worst things you should ever have to see. That's indecent exposure, and he's in an off-limits area, 
and he's trying on something he's not allowed to try on. He's doing all of the wrong things. So I am like, you know, without looking at him, I'm like, hey man, you can't be back here and you have to buy those. Well, actually, wait, 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 I'll back it up. First, I told him not to try them on. And he said, well, I'm already here. So he just went and tried them on. So once he got them, you know, about halfway up his knees, I said, you're buying those. And he gets them around his waist and buttons them. And he said, Lucky, luckily they fit. I said, no, you're buying those. You're not wearing any underwear. And I had to walk this man to the head of the line so that he could buy these shorts and I told him to grab his wife, tell her to drop whatever she was about to buy. And I told him to get out. And I didn't make a big, like a big scene about it besides, you know, there's a couple people who we cut off in line who were like kind of confused. But then once I got them out of the store, my manager was like, what's going on? And I told him everything. And they asked me if I wanted to press charges. I said, no, I just wanted him out of the store. And I told him, you can't come back. My managers supported that. I mean, you can't just drop trout and dick and balls all over the store, especially in a, in a, I mean, he's, he's assuming that nobody's going to come by, but it's an employee area. So we're only in that area. Like that's our, we, we blocked that off for a reason. There's a sign there telling you not to go back there and you still went back there. (laughs) What is wrong with you? This is one of the weirdest things you would ever think you would have to deal with. You know, you, you would think that with the fitting rooms being there, you know, to facilitate people still at least being decent, but, you know, COVID made everybody forget about just, like, common decency, and that's the scariest thing I think I've ever seen. Because the entire time that I've been aware of COVID, I've never stopped working. I've been, and ever since that, you know, they shut down everything, I still worked. I worked as a delivery driver. And all of you guys that ordered pizza were horrible. I mean, I'll say most of you. About 60% of people, and this is just my my own mental statistics, about 60% of the people that I serviced at at the pizza shop that I, you know, delivered from, 60% of people tipped. 60% versus before COVID, it was like 90%. And you would think that more people don't. Before COVID, you think like a lot of people just would, you know, stiff people. You hear about that all the time. I heard about it all the time. No, more people were willing to tip you before COVID. Now, when they didn't have to interact with you, when they could just order it online, you could drop it at their doorstep. Half the time, people wouldn't even put in a tip. Like, I'm bringing you food during a pandemic. Yes, I don't have to see you, but you should at least leave a tip. The scary thing is, is like when people think that the tip is like built in, they're like the service fee gives you money. It's like, no, it doesn't. The thing that most of the time, most businesses that I've worked at uh, delivery wise, you know, the service fee doesn't cover the delivery drivers part of it. You know, the, the delivery drivers already making below minimum wage, most likely, or making right at minimum wage to deliver you food that you want to eat, you know, stuff to help you live. Like that, that blows me away that more people don't get tipped by that. Like servers, especially, I mean, we've, we've heard this for my whole life. I feel like I've heard this, that like servers just don't get tipped well. So, you know, those, those, there's those celebrities that come in and and tip people really well. And that's one of the coolest things ever. Like they deserve that. 
if they have good customer service, they deserve that. So that's where during the pandemic, when people learned that they could just be cheap and, and, and be less uh, human, they took that opportunity. And that's, this, that's just sad. It's scary. It's, uh, it's like if something like this were to happen again, yes, we would have the knowledge of like what to do, but like people would just revert back to their, their, their crappy ways. And we still have them built in. You know, people are still walking into stores nowadays thinking that like their shit doesn't stink. They, they <laughs> I can't imagine, I can't even tell you how many times I've driven through a parking lot near at the target near me and, and get, I'm about to like park in a spot. Somebody backs out and somebody from the other like row who has a spot drives through the spot that they're ready to go into and goes into the spot that's right here. So they can drive straight out of it instead of having to back out even though i'm sitting there waiting for this spot that should happen so often now <laughs> that people are so inconsiderate that they um they just real they don't care they really don't and and i remember that lady vividly that did that to me and there's multiple but most recently i, I i'm like it's all about you is what i said to her. i'm like it's all about you and she's just like what did i do like what do you mean? I was, you came from the other lane to take a spot that I was waiting for. And I had, I had my blinker on and everything. And she's like, I didn't see you. Yeah, you did. Because you decided to go through the spot. All you have to do now is back up, but you didn't want to. It's all about her. It's all about other people right now. Everyone's living in their own world and you just have to abide by their rules. And that, that is the most inconsiderate way that people can be. And it's always going to be like that until people realize their shit don't stink. You know, the pandemic made people so lazy. It's sad. You know, I wish, you know, I could say that I, I had a great time during the pandemic because I was already doing similar things. Like when I would recharge, I recharge around, you know, small groups. So being around my family or being around my fiance now, like just us three or us two and, and the cats, like it's, that's how I recharge. So like during the pandemic, being able to recharge at home was the best, you know, sometimes I would deal with people. Sometimes I wouldn't depending on, you know, the day at Jets pizza. But then when Under Armour came back, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of people every single day. I don't know. It just felt good to recharge at home, you know? That, that re, you know, that Under Armour was so busy, you know, I, I definitely like talked so much during the day to customers because we would have so many trying to sell things to them. Just come home and you're like, yeah, I need a recharge. That's where everybody else in the world is at right now. I feel like because since I've been working, I've had that time to like, you know, figure out my, my routine. I never stopped when people stopped and they had that long break. Trying to get back into that routine takes just as long as it took you to get out of it. Because the work-life balance I, most people have right now, I still feel like, is, is messed up. It's not their fault. I mean, inflation has caused both me and my fiancé to look for other jobs and stuff like that. And that's, that's scary. I mean, most people would, would rather you know, still do the same things and get rewarded for doing, you know, being consistent. There's so much less consistency with people nowadays. I know that there's the, I don't even know what they call it now, but like the mass amount of people that are just changing jobs, 
you know, I was in, a little bit included in that before the pandemic, but now it's it's a lot less scrutinized. You know, mental health is is taking a front seat, and that's a good thing. But sometimes we, I don't know, we just don't feel that sense of loyalty to, you know, to a company. I mean, what what is there to be loyal to, to to most companies? That's a that's a big question, and I'm sure, you know, ninety nine percent of people are asking that to themselves right now, and that's why the businesses are having a lot of turnover. But loyalty is isn't cheap, and I think it never has been. I think companies have changed their ways. We we see a lot less, um, a lot less coverage for people coming out of college, a lot less job placement coming out of college. I mean, we do you know, preach about how, I mean, at least the older generations preach about how we're lazier. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think the job path and the job career paths have changed. You know, buying a house wasn't as, is, is a lot less straightforward and a lot less, it's a lot more expensive than it used to be. So the expectation of, of anybody coming out of college now and in the last 10 years has been a lot, there's, a different expectation it's not more or less it's just different and adapting to that has been harder for for millennials gen z and gen x or whatever you know comes after millennial because of the the changing of the guard i would say i noticed that when i was in college the old ways that we learned were still in place i was still getting a book you know, assigned to me so that I could, so that I could learn from it when I didn't learn that way. I didn't like reading books. Why would you force me to read a book? Why can't you give me this information in in an adjustable way that makes sense to me? I'm one individual, but I can't be alone in the fact that just reading books only is not the only way to retain information. That happens all the time. If somebody can show me how to do something, I will 99% of the time be able to replicate it. I don't know why that is. I have a good feeling for things once I see them done right in front of me. That's always been the case. And I'm not afraid of that learning mechanism. I just wish that there was more of it implemented in school because there was plenty of times when I was in high school and middle school where I wasn't challenged when I felt like I knew the information already. And despite me having the knowledge and showing that I knew what I was talking about, maybe not displaying it by showing my work, I was scrutinized a little bit more. And I, I, I was just lazy. I was the best procrastinator of all time. You know, the motto, if it's due today or due tomorrow, you do it tomorrow. That was me. I was very like, I was so... More, I was a lot about video games, but also playing baseball and, and having fun with my friends. Growing up, homework just impeded that. My favorite year of school was my fifth grade year because I wasn't, I wasn't required to do homework. We could do everything in class. My, my teacher, uh, I remember his name, Mr. Keel, would, he would let us just do our homework in class. It's the best. It was way easier. And then he made things fun. And starting from there, you know, watching Bill Nye the Science Guy going through school, I learned more from that guy. From Bill Nye 
than I ever did any other teacher. Like that dude made things make sense. And it's because it was entertaining. And it, it, there's a lot more production value in that. And yes, that probably, you know, takes a lot more effort. But when you're trying to make things, you know, hit, you know, a child who's young and, and their attention spans are, are deteriorating, you need to make things make sense quicker. And how you do that is by making things entertaining. Bill Nye did that. I mean, I wish there was more of a Bill Nye like presence in college too. I mean, granted, I went into a broadcasting program, so it was lucky for me. Everything was more about entertainment. I mean, it was about creativity. Um, hence, where I, that's why I'm here today. I bought this microphone uh, and, and the audio system I got in college because of of things like that. I wanted to do broadcasting stuff at home and practice my chops. You know, having a radio show in college was was essential to you know, my growth as well, because you never know in your future when like the experience that you grab is going to like come into play. I feel like the the amount of time I spent trying to create YouTube videos back in college and and before that allowed me to understand like the workflow I would need now. I mean, I'm doing production stuff for a podcast called the Complete Athlete Podcast. Complete Athlete Training Podcast is what we should be saying. And I'm doing a lot of the similar things. There's so many good things that I that I wish I was doing back then that I'm doing now because the habits that I've built in over the years of working, you know, nine to fives and other things wasn't there when I was younger. I didn't have that discipline to just sit down and be creative and also, also put myself on the timeline. I was very, again, like one of the best procrastinators ever. I could easily myself that like hey getting it done later is okay doesn't matter but now now that i'm older i'm like no it's it's worth it to really put in some some work now and later but then try to get it out on a timeline so that you're not you know you're not getting lazy you're not waiting for it to happen i do like you know letting the idea hit me making sure that like a good idea festers in my mind so i'm not just rushing to get it done and that's where like watching Mr. Beast or watching other YouTubers who take their time with their YouTube videos um, has really has really instilled that, I guess, motto or whatever, the credence, credo or whatever you want to call it. I just like that attitude. I like having more care put into my YouTube videos so that, I don't know, so, people, so that people can see that I'm taking it serious or that I'm you know, that I actually care about what I do, you know, every last bit of content that I put out is something that I, I'm I'm thinking about constantly when I'm not, you know, doing my regular day-to-day stuff, you know, and I think that will hopefully show in my work in the future. I mean, plenty of other YouTube videos I'm going to do, um, are gonna, are gonna take some time, you know, I want to not only post just podcasts on this, on this channel, I'm, I'm, really looking to try to find what else works and uh you know and that like I said that's where the help from from the viewers like you guys could really uh impact me here um seeing growth and seeing people tune into my YouTube videos is one of the coolest things in the world um seeing people comment that they they like my editing style or they like they just like my my attitude or whatever and that they're they're just subscribing because they like the content that is that is the coolest thing of all time, you know, and if you're one of those people that watch the, you know, one of my MLB the show videos, I just, I mean, thank you. 
it's it's so hard to grow on this on this website in my opinion if you don't know what you're doing you know i don't i'm not i'm not going to sit here and say i oh yeah i have the answer but what i do want to do is you know grow and learn with my channel and with you guys to find out you know what what is possible i i can't think that you know this isn't going to work there always has to be that thought process that there's something there otherwise these ideas wouldn't wouldn't come like i wouldn't be so invested and, and have all these ideas brewing for content i want to do if i didn't think it was worth it and um that's where i'm i'm really hoping that although you know i do get i want to get 1k subscribers and you know that's a goal of mine i want it to happen organically as possible that is that is the hardest thing it's like i don't want i don't want to grow in a way that makes people think okay oh i rode the coattails of somebody else i already have that in my mind for for people thinking like hey you had kev brado on your on your podcast you're just using him for views it's like i've never wanted that i've never will want that i like cool people and that's who i want to have on this podcast whether they're famous or not if they have a cool story they're probably going to be somebody i find interesting you know Although he's, you know, in the bad spotlight now, Liver King was one of those people that, like, had I been a popular podcaster, I would have had him on my podcast, too. He's just a character. He's a fun guy to talk to. It's, um, you know, it, it's interesting that somebody would have to lie so, so greatly just to try to boost their image. You know, he says that he was rich without it. I mean, rich and anonymous. He says that a lot. I don't even consume any of his content. And I know that's something that he says more than any, anything. It's like, I was rich and anonymous. That's good. I mean, I don't know anybody that was rich and anonymous that was sitting there like, yeah, this is, this is the worst thing in the world. Why would you go after more and think that you wouldn't get caught? That's what I don't understand is that, you continue to lie to people. You continue to tell people on these podcasts that you are not doing these things for your self-image and stuff like that. It is a very, very cut and dry, plain as day type thing. Are you or are you not taking the thing that you say you're not? And we found out you are. It took a while. And maybe you were playing, you know, the game where... How long will it take for my lie to catch up to me? And that game is dangerous regardless because when the lie does catch up to you, I mean, how how are you going to avoid it? I don't it what type of PR, you know, move or 360 can you play where you can make this into a good thing when you've been lying for so long? The lie is what causes the issue. It's not that you're doing the steroids, and I think everybody who's covering this or talking about it has said that it's not about that you're doing the steroids it's the fact that you lied about it lying about anything is bad i've realized that since i was a kid i mean the whole boy who cried wolf thing was read to me a million times because i was a good liar i would lie all the time well i thought i was a good liar and then it takes a while for you to tell the truth for a while before people start to believe you now that he has told the truth what other half truths is he telling still like in his apology video, he's still talking like he was talking before. There was no sense of like remorse. 
I mean, there shouldn't be, considering he's not a competitive athlete. He did say that. He makes a valid point. Like, who is he cheating? But you told people that you weren't. What do you have to gain from not telling people? That's where I'm confused. Like, you didn't gain anything from telling people. Because if people were just like, oh, are you natty or not? You could have been like, yeah, I'm on a, like, a, a good regimen. You know, I want to look my best. I want to I wanna make this body... Um, um, fit, you know, what I see, you know, and these ancestral tendons help with that. You could be, you could have spun that so differently. You could, you don't have to say like, oh, you have to live by these things to promote your image. You know, when you know they don't work, when you, when you know that they don't work, that your ideas don't work and yet you still peddle them, there should be something inside of you. That's like, oh yeah, that's, that feels wrong. But to him, he didn't see that. And he, he, he allowed himself and probably advisors and other people to, you know, talk him into this. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it was just him. But he talked himself into thinking that he was doing all of it for a good cause, regardless if he let people know that he was being truthful, truthful or not. That's, you know, that's harmful. That's a harmful way to live, um, you know compartmentalizing and and reasoning and and trying to make things just fit your mind so that they can seem you know better so you don't feel bad about what you're doing there you know there's probably a lot of guilt there i I could see that in his face but he's also still playing a character we also got to realize he's 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 playing a character he was not a liver king for a while he was a guy who was rich and according to him anonymous so do you blame the guy for trying to you know get as popular as he could no but did you have to do it on the backs of lying probably not you could have done all of that naturally organically no pun intended but yeah it's you know that's the hardest thing growing organically whether it be your body or on youtube i mean that's that's a hard thing you know, nobody's going to just hand you, uh, unless you're really lucky, you know, hand you stardom and fame, like on a silver platter without you doing much work. Like you gotta, you gotta do some work. So that's what I'm trying to do here. You know, pushing past thresholds, push, can't even talk half the time on this podcast. Why do you guys listen? It's because I want to inspire more people too, though. I mean, that, that has to be said. I want people to believe in themselves. That's not that nothing to do with workouts, you know, mentally, physically. It's just like you're, you you got to listen to yourself and your body and um, sometimes push yourself to uh, go beyond your, your normal uh, stuff. I mean, I'm trying to push myself to go past what my body's telling me is anxiety. You know, I'm, I'm anxiety ridden about making sure that all my content is good. And yet here I am just trying to make sure that I get something out there as well. Because at the end of the day, I want people to be able to still have something there every so often to listen to. Um, you guys, I want you guys to be able to check in with me. I mean, if you guys have questions too, uh, life advice stuff. I mean, maybe I'll maybe I'll give good advice. Maybe I won't. But feel free. I mean, leave in a comment uh, a question that you have, and I I'll try to answer. It could be a random question too. If it's something off the internet, I'll look it up. I don't care. I like interacting. I think that's 
uh, going to be a great part of this podcast is getting cool people on here and interacting with them, learning their stories, and uh, just having fun, having laughs. So uh, if you guys do have any advice or you know, for myself on stuff you guys would like to see. If you guys want to, you know, pitch some people you guys want to try to help me get on the podcast, by all means, I love talking to cool ass people. They really have, uh, there are so many cool people out there and I'm sure that they also have busy lives. So I'm not trying to to go crazy in that respect, but if they got some time, hell yeah, get them on here for a good 30 minutes to an hour and let's, let's dive deep. I love talking to people. But I want to thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening to, you know, not just this podcast, but listening to me ramble on other podcasts with guests and stuff with my brother and uh, Kev Brado. Got to shout out both of those guys for hopping on. And uh, shout out to anybody who watched the YouTube videos besides the podcast as well. You know, those MLB The Show videos are fun to make. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking to do more of that as long as I can, uh, you know, also kind of balance out what I'm doing for complete athlete training and doing for myself here on the podcast. I do want to focus on this. It's uh, It means a lot to me. So, yeah, it's been almost a whole month. And actually, I think it's exactly a month since... No, it's a little bit less. Two days less than since my last post on uh, on the podcast. So, thank you guys again. Hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you guys for listening. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. See you guys on the next podcast, all you hooligans.